Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while. We're going to revisit an episode that I recorded a year ago in honor of Frank Zappa's birthday. Frank Zappa would be, geez, 81. (laughs) But all of the people who really, um, really, uh, were influenced by Zappa including Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper. And then we're playing and Zappa said, you guys got to get another gig together. So I present to you tonight, Dr. Zeus film podcast, Zappa, really great documentary directed by Mr. Alex winter, you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Dude, tubular. Stay tuned. Dr. Zeus film podcast coming up. Well, it's documentary December, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, and I promised you, the birthday boy, Frank Vincent Zappa, born 80 years ago on December 21st, 1940. I don't think he would be surprised by today, because a lot of what he says in the Alex Winters documentary, Zappa, really came true. Mmm. Um, you know, this documentary covers everything. If if you do, if you're not aware of Frank Zappa, um, I'm not going to play the music. I'm going to try to play a few clips. I don't want the Zappa family to come after me. Um, this documentary, uh, first and foremost, I, I want to give, um, uh, I had, seen George Strombolopoulos talk about this. He is, you know, um, a purveyor of music or a, a connoisseur of music. And I asked him recently, I said, what to you signifies a good band? And he said, authenticity. I knew he was going to say that. And ferocity. And there is something authentic and ferocious ferocity about Frank Zappa. Um, the documentary... Oh my God. First of all, I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> he went home and he got the clap. And well, he's got to tell his wife he's got the clap, you know, because the groupies were calling. And he was honest with her. And I thought, whoa, that's not something in rock and roll. Usually they, they hear about it during the Diane Sawyer interview. Um, this is directed by Alex Winter. Producers Alex Winter and Glenn Zipper, Frank Zappa, Bruce Bickford, Pamela D. Barnes, Bunk Gardner, David Harrington, oh yeah, the mothers of invention, Mike Keenley, Scott Toons, Joe Travers, Ian Underwood, Ruth Underwood, and you know, Moon Zappa, the whole family, Gail Zappa, may she rest in peace, and Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa died, okay. He's going to like this. This is a tool reference. Frank Zappa died 10,000 days ago, which translates into 27 years on December 4th, 1993. He'll probably appreciate that wherever he is. It's it's a bit of weirdness. And I say that because I'm a Sagittarius. And funnily enough, a lot of these musicians that I've been talking about are Sagittarius is now Sagittarius are like snowflakes not one is the same okay everyone is different you have your there are the three deckhands strangely enough I learned that from Jackie um uh 
uh, Stallone. Yeah, Sly Stallone's mother, of course. But she's not the one who came up with it. I just heard her talk about it. I was watching clips of her. There's the first deckhand, which are the hippies. Okay. And then there's a second deckhand, which are the Energizer Bunnies. I'm an Energizer Bunny. So is Ozzy. So is, you know, Jim Morrison. Hello. Um, of course, Jim Morrison so famously said, I am a Sagittarius, the most philosophical of the signs, but I don't believe it. I think it's a bunch of bullshit myself, which is bullshit because he did believe it. Um, and then there are the philosophical ones like Frank Zappa. Um, and Samuel L. Jackson, who are the third deckhand of the Sagittarius. But from what I've come in contact with a lot of the Sagittarius musicians, we are they're they're really strange. And Frank Zappa really ate the cake and ran with it. He burned it and lit it on fire and he fucked it and he sued it and he but he didn't do drugs. That's the interesting thing. Is rock and roll, you know, I said this before yesterday with Hit So Hard is how the drug use is tolerated in the record industry. Oh, well, it goes hand in hand. You know, you make a successful album. Oh, there's a little Coke on the table. No, thank you. Um, said no one ever. Um, oh, there's a little marijuana on the table, you know. Uh, yeah. Unless you're Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey, I will say, and this is about Frank Zappa. Don't worry, Mariah's not on the show. But as a composer, okay, this man was interesting. He was listening to classical music as a child, didn't want to listen to Beethoven because it was too pedestrian to him. You know, um, I mean, I, I had to, along the way, brace myself like a car crash here in terms of the music because it, it's interesting. It's everything. It's rock, pop, jazz, jazz fusion, orchestral, mystique, concrete works. Yeah. Okay, so Frank Vincent Zappa, born December 21st, 1940, in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm, he was self-taught. Um, his mother, Rosemary, was of Italian, Neapolitan, and Sicilian, and French ancestry. His father, whose name was Anglicized to Francis Vincent Zappa, was an immigrant from Pantisio, Sicily, with Greek and Arab ancestry. Yes, very interesting. And, and when you put, you know, all that in a basket, you get, in a pot, you get Frank Zappa. Mm, interesting. It, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to oversell interesting. I don't want to sell anything. I, and I know Frank Zappa wouldn't like that. And so, but I did along the way kind of capture some things of interest from the film and here we go I like raunchy. The educational system and politics. 
In America, Zappa was denounced by the church, had his conference broken up by the police, and his records banned by radio stations. His wife and all four children were with him. They are together tonight at their Laurel Canyon area home with friends. Frank Zappa, dead at 52. And so... Anyone who knows about the Laurel Canyon area, that's Artistic Central, okay? Joni Mitchell wrote a song. I mean, ladies from Laurel Canyon, there's an album about it, okay? Um, You know, Carol King lived there, came up with Tapestry, you know? Um, Although, it's interesting when there's a point in the 60s when the Manson people moved in and on the other side of the canyon and Gail Zappa recognized that and said, Frank, we got to get out. We got to get out. She said she saw their feet every day, you know, and, um, and the mothers of invention, the band that Frank became known for. I mean, everyone, the Beatles were aware of it. In fact, the mothers of invention parodied the Sgt. Pepper album cover. He had to call up Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney was like, well, uh, are you going about doing that? Oh, well, we're, you know, we're talking to the lawyers. And he's like, you talk to them? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but, and then the whole hippie thing. You know, a lot of the musicians who didn't play into the hippie flower power. I mean, I, I could say the Doors. The Doors did. Uh, they saw what the hippies were doing. And it was like, oh. You know, and I've said that many times on this show. How. The lyrics right there are, are basically uh, setting fire to the love generation. You know, you're lost in a Roman wilderness of pain and all the children are insane waiting for the summer rain. Which rain, though? Is it R-E-I-G-N or R-A-I-N? See the double entendre right there, the double meaning. And the same for the Mothers of Invention and Frank Zappa. It's not that they hated the hippies. They were just like... Okay, how that candle's burning out pretty quick. Here's some more. When I was little, I didn't have too much interest in music at all. Five or six years old, up until the time I was about 13. I was interested in chemistry. He wanted to blow shit up, basically. He was interested in chemistry, all right. The ethos of the Zappa documentary. This is a lot of stuff that had not been seen before. He documented everything. Everything. You know, when Eric Clapton came to the house, he documented it. Um... I got to give credit to Alex Winter. Yes, uh, that Alex Winter of Bill and Ted. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to watch the new one. Maybe. And of course, the Lost Boys. Don't forget, he's in the Lost Boys. I think he gets staked or something. That's that's a messy scene. Um, but this documentary, you know, in the in the era of COVID, and you know, this is not a Netflix and chill type of movie, okay? And I, first of all, I've said this before, and I'll say it again on this podcast. I hope you're listening to this and you're going for a walk or going for a drive. I don't want everyone to Netflix and chill because then 
it, it's a mess. And then when the gyms finally do open, are you going to be able to fit through that door? Think about it. Um, Okay, Zappa, released in North America on November 27th from Magnolia Pictures. Zappa is the first all, this is all access, documentary about Frank Zappa. The project is two parts. The first was an archival mission funded by a record-breaking Kickstarter campaign. Don't you just love those? And to persuades of the endangered material in Zappa's vault. Second part is the documentary feature film, which has been six years in the making. This is amazing. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I kind of had a feeling I would. I mean, you know, that this is not Britney Spears, thank God. And I mentioned those mundane performers. That many of you like. You know, it's like sugar. You love your sugar. Too much of it, though. Look what happens. Um, but this this is just... Oh, my God. Um, mm, yeah. There are moments in this documentary... I mean, this it goes all the way from the beginning. Okay? The beginning when he was making small fil- short films at home to making music to... You know, acquiring a studio, getting married, having children, messing around. And then politics. Remember um, when, oh, wonderful little, um, what was her name? Tipper. And um, what was the conservative lady's name? Uh, I forget her name. Um you know, they heard, I guess, a Prince song. Yeah, why would you be listening to Prince with your kids? Let's get real. And they decided, oh, we don't like this. Let's put a parental advisory. And so Frank Zappa went to those hearings, you know, to suggest some things. They didn't listen. Um, you know, the censorship, censure, censorship, um, of music. Some people like the sticker. Some people like, oh, this is parental, uh, parental advisory. Uh, it must be good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, here we go. Mm. No, we can't play that. It's music. Can't play that. We can't play that. Yeah. Um, Alex Winter, I gotta give you credit, man. This, I mean, most people are putting together, you know, um, TikTok videos. TikTok is interesting until your friends, they don't even say hi to you anymore. They just send you messages with TikTok links. Seriously, I don't like that. Don't do that to me. You know, it's, it's, yeah. This is the information age. Um, Oh, here we go. Throws Frank off the stage, and whether Frank likes it or not, that's a huge marker for new phase. He's got to convalesce. And what do you do if you're Frank Zappa with that brain and you can't move and you can't get up? He's got a restless creative mind, so he's going to start creating. Ladies and gentlemen, I suppose you've noticed that this is a clay forest, and the forest has been manufactured for your edification by none other than Bruce Bickford. Bruce, would you please tell us what's going on on this table over here? Well, all you have to do is just move it a very slight amount. He's doing animation, clay animation. You move it again, and just 
keep going and you can pick up speed after a while. Uh, making sure each time that you get your fingers out from in front of the lens before you take the picture. That's that's all you gotta know. That is trippy. Baby snakes. Times he, he was stubborn. We were gonna make a movie and all he could think about was con- control. His control. And that's Bruce Bickford, who was his animation tech. Deep that he wouldn't express. I just accepted everything rather than questioning why are you like you are. But I could see the workaholic. He was a workaholic, didn't stop. I'll tell you the secret to keep maintaining a relationship apart from the hideous uh, occupational hazards that that are specific to rock and roll, um, which can throw you for it and take you on an emotional roller coaster if you let it from time to time. But the main thing is don't have those conversations. So Frank does what he does, and I do what I do. Yep. That's right. We're not going to play the music. Um, and there's so much to this documentary and so much to Frank Zappa. And um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really, truly do. And, you know, he did a song with his daughter, Moon Zappa. Interesting name. Um called Valley Girl to poke fun at the Valley Girls and it became a hit. It became his only hit. Um, and yeah, that's that's saying something. And, and, and it's a crazy it's a crazy it's a crazy world that he lived in. <laughs> he, he truly lived in a crazy world. And we but we love him for it, you know? And it's, it's along the lines of George Carlin. It truly is. I mean, George Carlin, you know, would say of, of, of this world, you've got a ticket to the freak show. And you, and you truly do. You've got a ticket to the freak show. Um, Alex Winter really just persevered for six years to get this project made. Play when people ask us to play more because we know that after we play this they couldn't possibly ever want to hear us again yeah can't play the music of course and we were strange he had so much talent it defied everything yeah on very high and exacting standards. I think if you shoot any lower than that, you're going to wind up with something sleazy. Watch out! Yep, you're going to... I mean, <laughs> if you see some of these clips... He wouldn't stop. He heard things a particular way, and then he tried to manifest them in the world. Each show was like a composition. Oh, my God. Even Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper loved him. Hyper of Laurel Canyon. Any kind of rock star, especially the British guys who came to town, wanted to meet Frank. Yeah, can't play it. I wish we could. In a perfect world, we could. Yeah. And of course, these are just clips. Yeah. 
What do we do? Sit around and go, hmm. He was on a mission, and he was going to accomplish that mission no matter what. Yeah. Oh, see, the music just sneaks back in. For me to run for president in the United States, it's time for a revolution. And he was right. He was right. It's time. Um, there's a clip in the documentary where he basically talks about 2020. Well, more than Barbara Walters ever would. Um, let's see here. Frank Zappa. Um, if we can look into it. Yeah. You know, he, he worked with John Lennon. He worked with Yoko Ono. You got to remember... Yoko Ono was uh, pe- People like to Rag on Yoko Ono And y- you know that she was a hanger on Of John Lennon And but strangely enough In the world of Zappa You know she even found Um Her voice And um I wish people wouldn't be So loud right now Um Okay See, I'm going to keep that in the show because I don't believe in editing things like that. And, you know, whatever. Okay. We're, uh, his, his wife put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> she put up with a lot of shit. After the bad guy who. It's time for a revolution, but probably not in the terms that people imagine it. The word seems to conjure up images of sort of a modern day version of peasants going into the street with their pitchforks to go after the bad guy who lives in a big house someplace in a hill and we're going to get that son of a bitch and we'll take all the stuff away from him and we'll give it to the workers, you know. And that's not the kind of revolution I had in mind. Which one had you in mind? Well, I thought that it might be nice if, uh, if it was handled in a little bit more modern, efficient way, you know. Without people getting slaughtered in the street. It's a matter of infiltration. What kind of infiltration? Because the thing that's wrong today is that the, the people who are in control of the media and the government and, you know, things that, that run the lives of the average person in the street, they aren't doing a good job of it because they don't really care. And so if you just replace them, and I think that's a possibility. By whom? By interested people from the younger generation. Okay, you think they are more interested in the older ones? You think it's, it's a matter of age? Uh, I think the potential is there in the younger generation. I don't think... And that's an interview he gave in 1971. I think it's a French interview. And, you know, here we are the eve of, if I can um, get into it, we are on the eve of the winter solstice and the planets are together and we're talking about Zappa, okay? 800 years of that and 80 years of Zappa. And truly prolific record, you know, what happened was he had talked about, he had felt really ill for a long time and then always had, you know, problems with his stomach and intestines and found out too late that he had prostate cancer, which ultimately killed him. He still was smoking and there's an interview with him 
on the Today Show, and he's still smoking. And he willed himself to do this interview, and it was the last one he did before he died. So Frank Zappa, okay, here we go. Mm. During his lifetime, Zappa released 62 albums. Since 1994, the Zappa Family Trust has released 54, that's more than Tupac, 54 posthumous albums as of July 2020, making the total of 116 albums, album sets. The current distributor of Zappa's recorded output at Universal Music Enterprises, a list of Zappa's albums um, and other things. You know, him and his wife, they got tired of Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was dicking them around and he wanted to do a box set and they said no. No one does box sets. And he said, okay. And so he recorded four albums that he was going to put in the box set. And he gave it to them. And he said, those are your four albums. Give me, I'm, I want out of my contract. And I mean, this is before Prince. Remember, Prince wanted, I think Warner Brothers and artists have a bad relationship. Prince, you know, with the master recordings, Zappa. And, you know, Zappa went on to start his own record label with his wife. And, um, I mean, this this is a truly prolific man, if you think of everything, his beliefs. Zappa stated, drugs do not become a problem until the person who uses the drugs does something to you or does something that would affect your life that you don't want to happen to you, like an airline pilot who crashes because he was full of drugs. Zappa was a heavy tobacco smoker, okay, for most of his life and strongly critical of anti-tobacco campaigns. Ah, there's the fly in the ointment. While he disapproved of drug use, he criticized the war on drugs, comparing it to alcohol prohibition, and stated that the United States Treasury would benefit from decriminalization or regulation of drugs. Describing his philosophical views, Zappa stated, I believe that people have a right to decide their own destinies. People own themselves. I also believe that in a democracy, government exists because and only so long as an individual citizens give it a temporary license to exist in exchange for a promise that you will behave yourselves. In a democracy, you own the government. It doesn't own you. Okay, someone needs to slap him with some George Carlin. In a 1991 interview, Zappa reported that he was registered Democrat but added that might not last long. I'm going to shred that. That's funny. Um, he was also an atheist, you know, although he was raised in a, in a Catholic family. In early 1990s, Zappa visited Czechoslovakia at the request of President Vlachis Havil. Um, he was designated as Czechoslovakia's special ambassador to the West on trade, cultural, uh, culture, and tourism. Havel was a lifelong fan of Zappa. Um, yeah. Anti-censorship. I mean, he was on CNN's Crossfire. Remember that? I don't. I was a child in the 80s. I don't remember. Um, The PRMC. PMRC. A proposal is an ill-conceived piece of nonsense which fails to deliver any real benefits to children. Infinges the civil liberties of people who are not children and promises to keep the courts busy for years dealing with the inter- Per national and enforcement problems and inherit to the proposal's design. The documentary, it's encap- it encapsulates everything you want to know about him. I mean, there, you know, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame posthumously in 1995. 
he is basically the Tchaikovsky, I don't think he would like that, but oh well, fuck it, of rock, you know, um, didn't win any Grammys, but I don't think that matters. I think I'm noticing is that those of you who are crying about the Grammys, you do realize that this is an industry show. And someone like Frank Zappa, who received a lifetime achievement posthumously, he would have just used it as a doorstop, you know, um, because music is much more than the awards, you know. And we could do a show about that. I could tell you right now, in the industry, I know who's going to win because it's kind of like, oh, let's sell more albums. Very rarely is it about the music itself. And, um, you know, and then there are those people who like to be loud for no apparent reason because they need a hearing aid. And, you know, usually that's a form of hypocrisy and a disrespect to the person who's conducting something right now, which is fine and interesting because this will outlast them all. Um, as Frank Zappa's music, Frank Zappa's music has outlasted him. It's outlasted his wife. His kids now run the show. I, you know, that's what he intended. What have I learned about this? Well, I've learned that Alex Winter from Bill and Ted is an excellent director, and I hope that he does more music documentaries. This, of course, is Documentary December of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Um, I have an idea for next month. Next month is almost here, so get ready. I think we're just going to talk about comedy because a lot of you need to laugh. A lot of you need to stop posting and venting and and complaining on Facebook. I, I know people who do that, and I'm not going to name them all because I'm not Joseph McCarthy. Um, but... And, and, you know, you all need to chill. You need to chill out. And they're telling people their credit score. I don't give a fuck about your credit score. Look, if that's how you judge a man, then I don't know. Go rent one. Um, and I say that in a kind of Zappa tone. I wonder what he... I, I don't wonder. I know what he would make of this current world and how funny and how idiotic it all is. He would be on iTunes, though. He would love that. He could put an album out. Boom! It's on iTunes. And that's for artists who love to work, not artists who, oh, you know, I just want to make a hit for 69 cents. Yeah. And, you know, and also he was a smart businessman. I mean, he started to realize, okay, the business you know, side to the music industry because a lot of these artists were just getting baked and performing and, and, and someone else was handling the uh, financial aspects as yeah. And that's why a lot of them went broke. Mm. Uh, Zappa, 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 you know, I mean, there's, there's so much we could, we could say about Frank Zappa we also could say about the loud people in the room, but I won't. Well, I don't want to give them any um, pause right now. Um, if we go over here, you know, he's they've got a wonderful Instagram set up for it, and he was on Saturday Night Live. He he got a kick out of Saturday Night Live poking fun at him and um, his, uh, you know, anti-drug stance. Of course, Belushi was doing the skit, and unfortunately, we know what happened to Belushi. You know, cocaine is not your friend. Um, uh, if we go over here, uh, 
This man was prolific. Black Page was a, a piece of music that Frank wrote. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So much to this documentary. So much to Frank Zappa. So much to the man. You know, the composer, the artist. If we can find everything that he encapsulated. And we can't play the music, of course. We can't. But he was truly interesting. He truly was. The documentary highlights that. A good documentary has to sustain the authenticity and everything within it. Okay? Um... So, I want to give a shout out to the powers that be um, who suggested this documentary. I want to give a shout out to Alex Winter for really doing this justice. And I, I'm sh- and I know the family is proud, but I think Frank Zappa would really be proud. The Mothers of Invention. What a name for a band. The Pied Piper of the Laurel Canyon, as they called him. Um yeah. And it's and it's uh it's winter solstice people. You know, um this music is perfect for you to just go outside naked right now if you can withstand the cold and light a fire and dance around because you know Christmas at the heart of it really was a pagan holiday. Um I did my research. You know, and uh they worship Saturn. And later it becomes became something else, you know, that the church lady likes to say. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Frank Zappa was an iconoclast, and what a good documentary does is it gets you listening. And how I got into Zappa was I they were doing I think a classic albums of his, and I thought, whoa, who the fuck is that? And very rarely are they're artists where you say that you know it's like i mean for me in this age you know it would be uh, there's a few artists where i'm like oh never heard of them before and um when it's on netflix i'm sure all of you will swallow it and watch it you know 96 percent on rotten tomatoes well done well done um I love... Okay, Zappa Review. Alex Winter's documentary hauntingly captures the skewered passion of Frank Zappa. A one-of-a-kind... Oh, he was he was one-of-a-kind, all right. You know. Uh, let's just uh, go into some of the song titles, though. You know, that that's why he, he is the Pied Piper. Um... In terms of it was self-taught, you know, which in this age is rare. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, oh, he talks about living in Lancaster, California, where uh, he wanted to start this mixed race blues band. And the white people who were, you know, enthralled with Elvis didn't like that. Well, you know, I don't like Elvis, so I understand 
I understand. The Mothers of Invention. In 1965, Ray Collins asked Zappa to take over as guitarist in a local R&B band, The Soul Giants. Following a fight between Collins and the group's original guitarist, Zappa accepted and soon assumed leadership and the role as a co-lead singer, even though he never considered himself a singer. He convinced the other band members that they would play his music to increase the chances of getting a record contract. He named the band the Mothers, uh, coincidentally on Mother's Day. They increased their bookings after uh, beginning an association with manager Herb Cohen. While they gradually, uh, you know, assumed a a little bit of attention in the underground scene of Los Angeles. In early 1966, they were spotted by leading record producer Tom Wilson when playing Trouble Every Day, a song about Watts riots. Wilson had earned acclaim as the producer of Bob Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. Ah, the Freak Out. So the Freak Out album, I mean... Was the debut by Mothers of Invention in June of 1966. Uh, Perception of American pop culture and the freak scene of the Los Angeles. It's all one of the earliest double albums to rock music, as well as the first two-sided record. Okay. Oh. It was, yeah, it was avant-garde. That's what we would call Frank Zappa is avant-garde rock, you know alternative prog rock you know um alex winter though uh thank you for this documentary it came out in 2020 it has yet to be physically released but it's it's digitally out there for you to read and enjoy and immerse yourselves within the world of zappa and if i sounded a little a little all over the place tonight it is in within the spirit and context of zappa because that's what the music does you got to understand the music is focused but it's all over the place and i thought let's add a little of that performance art to the show itself and as always unpleasant dreams and remember it's winter stole sis bitches go outside <laughs>